0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Strangers in China is a member of the Seneca Network, powered by SupChina.
2: Hi,
3: you're listening to Strangers in China. This is Cherie.
1: And this is Clay. What do we do here at Strangers in China?
3: We interview people.
1: Who do we interview though?
3: Outliers, rebels,
1: creatives. Weirdos.
3: Yeah, definitely weirdos. I like All that, right.
1: yeah. Yeah, I kinda like, like that too. I but, like that. Uh... What do you think is wrong with coverage on China? They don't f- talk to people. And that's what we want to do. Talk to people.
3: <laughs> that's not usable. <laughs> what? Okay, fine, fine, maybe it is that's usable. Kind of cool. Okay. Play. Who do we have today?
1: Can I start by just playing a little clip?
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, this is quite a good show. Yesterday I was doing like a BBC interview. Ooh, interview nice. about comedy, right? And the producer, he's quite nice. He asked me, Storm, we know you're a funny man. Are you here doing shows in UK? But here's the thing. UK and China vastly different countries, right? In terms of comedy. Because in UK here, we like to joke about our government, our prime minister. <laughs> The same in China. <laughs>
2: but
0: of course, it's the same. Because in China, we also like to joke about your government. <laughs> and my government allows me to do so. <laughs> critique for you guys, not for you guys, but for UK now, like. Everything is pretty nice except for weather, right? Weather's awful. Right? It's like a dipshit. It's an awful life. Rainy, really humid, very cold. You live here long enough, you want to move, all right? Especially to old people. Now I start to understand colonialism a bit more. Right? <laughs> take over a warm place. You ever noticed those dictators are all like miserable people? <clears throat> they all live in cold hemisphere, <laughs> Joe Stalin, Joseph Stalin, Hitler, Queen Victoria, <laughs> <all> <laughs>
1: Okay, so this is Storm Xu. He is a local comedian here in Shanghai. And this was his first time ever doing comedy in England. And I think he did a pretty good job.
3: Yeah, that was pretty funny and ballsy, I think, to do uh, colonialism and Brexit jokes in London.
1: I mean, yeah, he really has guts. And he's starting to really get recognized as one of China's Finest. He's not just being featured on our humble little podcast. He's also been featured in the New York Times and on BBC. He's toured all over the place and he's been a staple at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for four years.
3: So he's Chinese and he's doing stand up in English.
1: Well, actually, he's funny in Mandarin too. He draws crowds in two languages. <laughs>
2: 开个电动车
1: so, Sheree, he just told a really hilarious joke. You want to uh, translate it for us? Nope. I guess they can figure it out on their own. So, I was just really interested in talking to Storm because. The comedy is really growing in China. There are 15 or 16 big comedy clubs all over the country in big cities. There's like, apparently there's like a Chinese SNL that's coming out. They have like a version of the roast. And Storm is kind of at the center of this because he runs his own comedy club here in Shanghai. Chapter Two, The Calm Before the Storm.
0: Everyone's sitting tightly next to each other. Is everyone looking? Yeah, the room is full and closed, right? The, so I, I met up with Storm field. on That's like this
1: gimmick. really rainy day as, uh, and we sat down in his field. comedy club and it was during the day, right? So it was like completely empty. It was like really cold. And it was cold really strange to be in a comedy club people. like when nobody was there.
0: Usually Chinese audience don't buy lots of drinks. Western audience, whereas, <laughs> Love to drink. Jesus Christ, man, that's a hell of a work to clean up afterwards
1: but. And We just kind of started talking about his influences and the comedy scene more broadly in China. So growing up, who were your influences?
0: Okay, uh, number one definitely has to be hip-hop music as a genre All my English teachers were Biggie,
1: Pupak and Wu-Tex <laughs> That's
0: all my mentors! Yeah, that's all my Right? Cash, everything around? Okay. Yeah. Hip hop, sometimes hip hop and comedy can go together somehow because you, you both need punchlines, you both need a rhythm, you both need to just improvise, right? And uh, maybe Michael Jordan, that's the person that influenced me a lot. Basically, all of African Americans. <laughs> you should ask who's the black, white person that ever influenced you? <laughs> My dad is a funny mother. Yeah, my dad's quite funny. He didn't have a good education, brother. He's very funny. He okay. made fun of, He made fun of himself. He went through tough situations. He was born in fifties in China. Okay, so he went through lots of horrible, horrible things people can only imagine, and he still has the courage, right, to laugh. Patrice O'Neill, number one. Bill Burr, number two. Probably Chris Rock on par with Dave Chappelle, number three. They they tied the bronze medal for me. There was no Chinese comedian, like stand-up comedian, before our era, you know what I'm saying? We are, I'm not saying I am, but we are the first generation who's doing stand-up comedy. you know, this there was a uh, crosstalk.
1: Can you tell me what crosstalk is? So crosstalk is
3: xiangshen. It's literally two people sort of face to face bantering with each other. It's a very traditional Chinese comedic style. You kind of see it at the spring festival, giant extravaganza on TV. So it's something that everyone in China grew up watching and knows it as the primary comedic form.
1: So it's it's kind of like an Abbott and Costello kind of vaudeville act?
3: It's a little bit who's on first, it's got a lot of banter, it's got a lot of puns. Yeah,
1: but like, yeah,
0: that was funny sometimes,
1: but that was not stand-up.
0: So that's sweet that he references his father.
1: Yeah, isn't it? I really feel like, you know, with his father's hardships and stuff, like his dad really taught him that resilience that like comedians really need. But I think it's really worth noting that none of his influences are Chinese. So crosstalk existed. And I don't think he was very inspired by Crosstalk because it's like this very overly structured thing. And it's not really personal. And I think that, you know, he, he relates with like hip hop and he relates with like these comedians in America because they tell really personal jokes.
3: So I think that stand up is both deeply personal and it's inherently rebellious. Stand up is meant to be inflammatory and I think that's why Storm is interested in it. So when did Storm get into comedy?
1: So when Storm started out in comedy, he was working as an automobile engineer here in Shanghai. And during that time in 2013, that's when he decided to get up on stage, go to an open mic and just try it out.
0: So how did he do?
1: By the time I stepped
0: my foot on the stage, I was, I was like, you know, freaking out. Well,
1: apparently he totally bombed his first set. Well, everyone bombs their first set. Yeah, but that didn't keep him from working his ass off and even eventually getting paid for his work. Almost
0: a year into comedy, uh, 2013, Turner Sparks, right? He used to live in Suzhou, okay? He's a show like producer, okay? At the time, it was bookworm literally Literary festival, yes. I'm illiterate now, but literary festival, a yeah, book festival, whatever, right? That so, was my first like cons- considered pay gig. Yeah, it was good. It was exciting, man. It was like ex- exci- as exciting as uh, getting like maybe 20,000 for a show now. Yeah. The, the, the same adrenaline like pump, you know? back then it was like you know hey finally someone recognized your work right
3: so he was brought into it by a westerner
1: yeah i mean stand up from like a chinese point of view is a western art form and the first sort of people who were doing it here in shanghai were westerners ew white people (laughs) what are they doing here white people are gross and they're terrible but when stand-up comedy really started to take off back in 2013 stand-up was completely dominated by foreigners. Ew, white people. Here's like the ultimate success though, for anybody who's doing anything creative, but also for comedians especially, he got paid to do comedy, and then he got to make it his career. So the last time I quit
0: my job, become uh, unemployed was... (laughs) You really want to know that, right? The last time I become unemployed was uh, uh, March, 2017. Right, I quit my job at GM and I said, no more of that. I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of running errands for other people. Okay. And also, by the time my comedy was in 2017, two years ago, was okay. And uh, uh, some people know me. I could like uh, produce my own show. Could produce shows for other people. I sort of started my own club at a time. So I'm like, yeah, let's let's you know take some risks. Let's roll the dice.
1: What did your parents say about you quitting your job? I know I quit my job,
0: parents are gonna be nagging. Yeah. Okay, they're gonna be like, complaining, like, well, quit my job, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, yeah, damn, let's move out. And they got nothing to say. So they don't really say nothing. And I only like, cause they are on my WeChat moments, so I only post like, like glorious moments. <laughs> <laughs> The moments I have like 200 people in the audience, everybody's laughing, then they can see they're like, oh, he's doing
1: something right. So for those who don't know, WeChat is just like Facebook. So your parents are on it. And so I think it's kind of cute that he posts these glorious moments so that his parents can see.
3: So to be honest, I think his parents are super chill to be very supportive of him and to basically value his happiness in doing something that maybe they don't 100% understand.
1: When he told me that I was like pretty surprised cuz I would assume because of other Chinese parents that I know that they would kind of freak out that their kid would be like a stand-up comedian instead of like a respectable engineer or something like that. Am I is am I wrong?
3: Well, not if you're making money to be honest. I think the main goal of Chinese parents is that you are able to sustain yourself as an adult on your own.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 2 years ago I started my own comedy club called Comedy UN, Comedy United Nations in Shanghai. And uh, we now doing, uh, like running full time, English and Mandarin. My job now consists of two parts, right? Uh, Writing jokes for myself as an artist, as the stand-up comedian. Uh, The other job is running the club. If anyone sees the future of stand-up comedy in China, one day that would be Chinese people Chinese comedians doing, no matter in English or Mandarin, take over the market. And uh, comedy is not only uh, exclusive to British or Americans, right? People, I mean, we all speak English here, but uh, through English, we use our different ritual cultures to to spread humor. Right, So that's the ultimate, like, purpose of Comedy UN, Comedy United Nations.
3: So it's cool that he's creating a community in Shanghai for Chinese stand-up comics and foreign comics. I
1: also think he's sort of ameliorating like this imbalance that there was, where it was like foreigners sort of ran the show.
3: Well, I think that in order
1: to produce a show in Mandarin, it needs to be produced
3: by a Chinese person, right? So he's giving people performing in Mandarin an opportunity and a platform to do their work. He wants China to have its own voice in stand-up.
1: Right. And I think Storm is trying to help claim stand-up as also a Chinese art. Because China wasn't ever a place where there was any stand-up.
0: Oh, let me prove to you that's wrong. I don't think China ever going to have a war against Australia, US or UK. You know why? Because all the rich Chinese government officials are already living there. <laughs> In comedy, Asian people are the hardest working Okay, In Mandarin scene, right? The comedians I know, they are very, very good Although they're quite immature They're like only two years in or three years in A year in, right? But they are very hardworking They, 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 they spend a lot of time on thinking, on writing On uh, on riffing with each other On workshopping their jokes, right? That's a that's good thing That's what makes this country build so fast And grow so fast Because everyone is constantly working that's why. So what he's saying is pretty interesting.
3: I think that's often the theory about how Chinese people innovate. Like we'll take something that's Western and we'll like bring it to the local market and then we'll basically like optimize, optimize, optimize. So we'll basically like work our knuckles to the bone, like pushing that form um, until we get to the best version.
1: Yeah. And I feel like he kind of obviously wants to root for the home team, so to speak. But he's not wrong. I mean, Chinese comedians, in order to gain that broader notoriety, are working in two languages. So they are working harder.
3: Did you ask Storm what it's like to work in two languages?
1: To make people laugh, there are loads of ways
0: to make people laugh, right? To loads of approaches. You you do self-deprecating joke, right? You you make fun of political figures, right? Lots of ways. But the fundamental rule is the same. Right. You be likable You use your tools You tell the truth They laugh That's it right. Language just Only uh, I would say language Is only a Transmitter Okay It's all about References Comedy It's all depending on What you see Every day Who you are around Every day So that's why Donald Trump joke is funny in US not so funny in UK and not at all in China because we don't give a damn about Donald Trump Whereas dating jokes is funny in China not so much in America because American people are not used to like dating market
1: What are dating markets?
3: So dating market is when your parents have more or less given up on the fact that you'll find a partner and they feel they must market you in a public park. Yeah, so they basically like print out or they make little poster signs with your photo and your job. And like maybe if you own a car or a house and then they'll like go to the market and meet other middle aged
0: people with children also that are hopeless and then they'll try to match you up. But if you live here long enough, then you will laugh because you see that every day. If an American live in Shanghai for 10 years, then I tell them a market, like dating market joke. So he's
3: saying structurally the joke is the same in English or Mandarin. But you have all this sensitivity to the culture because the content of the joke, all the references, people really need to understand that to get the laugh.
1: Like he said, language is just a transmitter. And some of his jokes, he literally just translates from Chinese into English for both audiences.
0: You <laughs> stop. We grew up learning English from English teachers or learning centers. So basically, they didn't teach us anything like, you know, practical. If we ever gonna come across a situation as we're gonna argue or debate or curse out with other English speakers, right? Everything they say to us, we understand. <laughs> Not able to respond.
2: <laughs>
0: Can you imagine in New York, right, 5th Street, I'm standing off with an American guy? He goes, hey, storm, you ass son of a bitch, get out
2: my face.
0: I would be like, there's only one way to respond. You too. <laughs>
3: I think Storm is underselling his talent, because not only is he working in a second language, he has to understand all these cultural references, pop culture, maybe hip-hop, maybe sports, maybe the politics of another country. And he has to learn these things in order to write the jokes in his second language.
1: Right. Exactly. He has to work on the delivery, literally the delivery of the words so that they make sense. And then he also has to work on understanding deeply, being immersed enough in somebody else's culture that he can make you laugh. Right. That's complicated.
3: Okay. well, if language is just the transmitter, then what's the key to writing a good
1: joke? Well, the key is to not do what Storm did his first time doing comedy which is to just be kind of a clown with no real message.
0: Concept they have about comedy is, oh, you want to make dick jokes. You say 12, 10 times <laughs> on the stage, people will laugh. No, that's the mistake I made on my first attempt, okay? You want to separate yourself from other comedians. So you have to let audience remember you, right? You're not a regular clown. You are someone who's making jokes as well as let them think. I mean, making jokes, like the primary part, okay? But you have to make them laugh. They put their guards down, guards down, right? And you tell them the truth. They accept it. And that separates you from everybody else.
1: So he's mentioned twice here. He has this sort of process. He's not just a normal clown. He doesn't just tell dick jokes. He wants to open you up a little bit, make you laugh, and then give you this truth.
3: So as a comedian in China, what kinds of truths can Storm actually tell?
1: Oh, right. I, we probably should talk about that. You never make jokes.
0: I Okay, I do some metaphors, but I don't, I don't go directly onto politics. I don't think it's smart. It's not I'm like It's not I'm a Listen people It's not because I'm a bitch Okay Because I don't want (laughs) I don't want my career end Before I can Do something big You know
1: Is that I mean is that how Actually I don't know
0: Never happened But I don't want to take risks Right now That's You know I have to be honest with you I don't want to take risks Right now
1: Storm considers himself a truth teller. He makes controversial jokes, and some of the jokes that we've heard are pretty political in nature. But the fact of the matter is that his work is censored, and he has to be careful. Generally, just walking around living in China, do you feel censorship?
3: I don't think you feel it as an active presence or that you have to not say anything, but it certainly is a presence in the background.
1: Feel it especially like online. Tell me a little bit about that.
3: So any type of media that doesn't comply with Chinese censorship is blocked. And this includes social media platforms search engines like google um any major publication or media outlet so anytime that i want to go on a news outlet or open up even facebook or instagram i have to turn on a vpn and so that's always a bit of friction that reminds me everything is censored and blocked here
1: all right so when you're when you're out and about you see all these cameras everywhere and you're being watched quote unquote watched But my feeling about it is it's like, who's actually watching you day to day? And also it's like, what are you doing that's so interesting that deserves surveillance?
3: Yeah, all my Chinese friends kind of feel like there's all this data intake, but there's really no like actual thinking or eyes or parsing of that information. But when you're making something that is meant to be published or placed in the media somehow, you are heavily
1: scrutinized. Which brings Storm back into focus because the stuff that he does is actually being scrutinized.
0: New York Times, right, they don't care about my comedy accomplishments. They only care about, hey, is it dangerous to comedy in China? How dangerous it is.
1: So a little background here, Storm was profiled by the New York Times and they ran the headline, heard the one about Asia's comedy scene? First, you'll need a permit. And the thrust of the whole story was that comedy is censored in China. And this is where Storm gets a little bit irritated. Because as we've described here, he and other Chinese comics bust their asses to make good content. And they're the first generation that's doing it. So the whole idea that this was like the focus of the article kind of irritated him. Will someone come up and tell you not to do certain jokes?
0: They always, they try and sneakily, trying to post their Western bigots. Okay, I always think that's bigot. Every country has its taboo. Like no like, 100% free speech Nowhere Right That's 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 the That's just stereotypes You know China don't have free speech Do you have No you don't have Total free speech Nobody And you shouldn't have Total free speech You always should be Afraid of saying something That what makes you A decent person Okay If I can say Whatever I want I'll be a total ass.
1: Well if Storm yeah. Had total free speech I mean <laughs> So Cherie, before we get into like all of the censorship aspects of what he's saying here, um, let's just talk about the New York Times for a second or like a Western news outlet. Um, Do you think that it's fair or worthwhile that they center their stories around his work being censored?
3: Well, I think the New York Times and any reputable Western media outlet is sensitive to these issues because they are blocked. So it's sensitive to lack of free speech.
1: Yeah. And I, but I do think it's a little unfair, though, as well, don't you? That like he does all this work and he's, he's not seen... Well, I
3: struggle with that, though, because I do think the Times has some responsibility to provide the context in which he's working in China. He's not working in a totally free context. Yeah. So it does impact what he's making.
1: Yeah. So what
3: is it like for
1: Storm to put on a show? When doing a big event, it's just the case that Storm has to go through a screening process. And then you give it to which bureau? your Cultural Bureau. The Cultural Bureau. Yes. And then literally somebody sits there and like reads I
0: have them. no idea. You don't know? I have no idea how they process.
1: Okay.
0: They just give you a permit a week or two later.
1: Okay, so, so well basically cool. he has to bring a draft, like a all written movie, up, baby. his comedy set that he's going to do to the Cultural Bureau. Uh, they inspect it and then like a week or so later they give it back to him. And then do they do edits or... No, I think it's more of like a pass-fail kind of situation where it's like either they accept what you wrote or they just totally say, no, f*** you, you can't do this show. Just to note, Storm has never, quote, failed his inspection. He's always been able to do his jokes.
3: Do they go through the process every time?
1: It's only for big events. So like when he does uh, shows at his club for just a small group of people when he does open mics all of that stuff doesn't need to necessarily be scrutinized so much but it's worth mentioning that open mics and sort of the stuff that's done in clubs around china that isn't officially sanctioned is in this sort of legal gray area and storm's pretty cognizant of that
0: Cause you know, in China, there are, like, different periods of times. So you need to be extra careful.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? So, during those times, I'm extra careful. Yeah, trying to stay, remain low-key a bit. It's, uh, at least, at this, like, club level. Try to remain low-key. Yeah.
3: Well, there's a danger that they could be shut down, right?
0: Yeah, basically. You know what, though? Like, because your time thing. Been- pretty hypocritical because I bet in US you need to have this, like not the same thing but the same equivalence maybe you need to have fire code in US if you do a show at theater right it's not like the city council will just approve a show hey you got 600 people just come in yeah. no you need to have some sort of paperwork okay over here we just have more paperwork so that's it of course sometimes they, they need your they need your content but they kept they like Highlight right? They highlight that. They they, they put that as a title, so. You know what, Western media, that's it. That's all they care about, okay?
1: He's basically trying to argue that him getting his comedy approved and checked by the Cultural Bureau is just the same way a venue in the United States has to pass a fire inspection. And I think it's a totally facile analogy, but there is a kernel of little truth here that makes sense to me. The way he sees it, him getting his comedy checked isn't really a big deal to him. It's just something that he has to do. This is just another speed bump. The thing that the Western media doesn't understand is that they headline comedy is censored in China, but for him, it's not that big of a deal because there's so much more that goes into his work and the actual censorship aspect of it is just a small little part of it.
3: I think we're on the verge of something bigger, actually, because the easy way to think about this is as a piece of paper, right? But what's the other way of thinking about it?
1: Okay. I don't know. Tell me.
3: So I think how Storm might frame this is that, well, you know, I do a little more paperwork, I've never been banned, I'm getting famous in my own country, like I'm on the verge of something. But I would say that there are probably some reasons as to why he's not been banned, right? Because he is so used to being in this context where he has to watch himself, that he already knows what not to say. He already knows what jokes not to submit so that he can have his event and he can still have his club and his career. Because Storm has never even ventured to publish anything slightly problematic.
1: So basically what you're saying is like, it's already internalized. He's never had his work quote censored because he already knows what not to do. Before, when he's writing the jokes, he's already doing the mental gymnastics to tell himself, oh, I shouldn't go there.
3: Yeah, he probably knows like, oh, if I have a lead on something funny, but I don't think I can actually say this, I might not even develop it into a joke. That's the way in which censorship and propaganda is actually most effective, is when it stops us from even thinking through the ideas that are not allowed.
1: It's this framework that's almost subconscious. Censorship is all of the extra work a person has to do to make their words and actions align with what's already acceptable in like a broader society. And Storm's like already attuned to it. So like when it comes to like, I turn my comedy into the culture bureau, he's actually probably not that worried because he already knows he hasn't, he hasn't stepped over the line. So it's clear that Storm is worried about sort of crossing this line. Like he's cognizant that there is this line that he shouldn't cross. So I reached out to ask him if he wanted to comment about the fact that he has to think beforehand about what is crossing the line before he submits his work. Um, But he declined to comment. I'm glad that you put it in perspective for us because I don't think that the issue is as small as Storm tries to make it out to be. But I really do take his point on the coverage of what he does. I just feel it's so unfair that he and thousands of others across China bust their ass to create funny stuff in two languages. That means literally navigating the the workings of two languages, two sets of cultural signifiers, and constantly churning out new jokes. And it just seems a little bit unfair to only approach his comedy in the media through such a political angle. If our lens on Chinese culture is always so political, I worry that we're actually gonna miss out on things that are really going on. Well,
3: I think the story about censorship and propaganda is totally valid. That's something that happens here. That's something that affects Storm's work. But I think also the censorship and his talent, they go hand in hand and they're sort of inextricable from each other. And I don't actually think the censorship undermines his talent. I think it proves his talent. I think the fact that he has to work across cultures, across languages, under censorship guidelines, sometimes confronting media that asks him about these censorship guidelines, makes him extremely adept and nimble as a creative person.
1: As an American, that feels so wrong, right? Like like the thing that we hold most dear is this idea of freedom of speech. And it's just crazy to think that you can be successful in China as a stand-up comedian without total freedom of speech.
3: Well, I think that American culture or Western liberal culture doesn't think that great art can exist without freedom of speech. Doesn't believe that great culture can exist under censorship. So I think that's something that we have to confront when we see someone like Storm, who in fact actually is funny and smart and has things to say as possibly contributing something very innovative to stand-up comedy.
0: Can I plug? Yeah. Uh, everybody, just... Come through to Comedy UN, everybody. Uh, we have Mandarin shows and English shows throughout the week, okay?
2: <laughs>
0: you can add us on WeChat, just private WeChat, okay? C O M E D Y U N 2, right? Private WeChat, C O M E D Y U N 2, Comedy UN 2. That's it can find more about us that's it and i hope to see you at the show
1: you've been listening to strangers in china strangers in china is produced by sheree and clay this program was mastered by kaiser Kuo. follow us on instagram at strangers in china Follow us on Twitter at StrangerInChina. And please, please, please smash that subscribe button and give us a review. The Strangers in China theme song is Analytical Skeletons by Seasus. Other music today was produced by Seasus, Piano Flavor, Fresh Boy, Lofi, Terry Skills, and Sachko. You can find links to all the music and other notes on our show page, supchina.com forward slash strangers in China. For all my real strangers out there, the bonus today is that you get to hear about the time when Storm did stand up for the Chinese military, which is pretty this summer,
0: crazy. Anybody, this, this summer, I was invited to do a comedy show in Chinese military. Woo! We found Chinese soldiers, first person ever in history, huh? <laughs> Thank you. Also, the last person. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't like me so <laughs> This is what happened, okay? So before the day, right, my agent called me, hey Storm, you to entertain the troops? I'm like, yeah, I'm done. As I hung up, I'm like, holy, these guys are soldiers. How am I gonna make them laugh? How can I relate to them, entertain them? Yeah, maybe watch some movies to get a reference of you. So that night I watched all the military classic movies, like Platoon, Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Jacket. Halfway through, I'm like, wait, 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 stop. These movies are talking about killing Asians. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: entertaining Chinese
0: suits tomorrow. Uh, it's not fit. So I changed the movie to uh, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> By the next day I went to the military campus. It's really cool, guys. The commander, he's the boss, he came down, shake my hands. And I followed him up to the fourth floor, which is all the auditorium for everything, microphone, stand, stage. Now the miracle happened. I should you now. The commander, he waves his arm out the window. 80, vibrant, sharp, armed Chinese soldiers start to march up the stairs. They're not only marching, they're singing songs as well. Some of the songs translate to English like this. We gonna take down every away. Japanese Americans and UK. <laughs> so 80 people arrive. 80 people sit down in unison. The commander sits right in the front. And he just slowly like a finger. Me. No, no, he didn't finger me. No, 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 no. He, uh, he points a finger at me. He points a finger points a finger at me and go, start cutting jokes stop!
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I'm
0: I'm like, sir, clearly you have no idea what is going on. So I whisper in his ear, I'm like, sir, uh, just for the sake of the whole show, right? Could you give like orders or something, let the soldiers know it's okay to laugh? <laughs> let them be loose, right? He looks back on. is that it? Watch, <laughs>
2: <laughs> laugh right
0: now! <laughs> The AD people start to laugh for no reason at all. <laughs> this is <so> funny. <laughs> they give me like military standard clap. <laughs> Not a clap you give me kind of weak and lame, man. We man And the commander goes, stop! You happy now? Go!
2: <laughs>
0: I'm like, alright. <laughs> I know, okay, it's intense. So as I'm telling telling, doing, doing more jokes, of course they're laughing, because they were told to. Uh, the problem with soldiers, they never laugh at the correct point,
2: <laughs>
0: they've never been to a comedy show before, or maybe they never laugh in their entire life
2: before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they laugh in the beginning, which is a setup, uh, they laugh in the middle, which is a transition. But when it comes to the end of the punchline, they just stare at me, and me, Oh, so why do you stop? <laughs> I'm waiting for you. Hi, it's getting a little bit difficult. But I say to myself, hey, Storm, you are brilliant. You are most, one of the most brilliant talents in China. <laughs> 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 All right, you got this. Okay, so what I did was uh, do a little bit power with a young soldier to use him up. So I go, hey, man, where are you from? What's your name? How old are you? He's so nervous, he's shaking. And he's shaking, making me nervous. Because I thought he's gonna get up and kick yeah. my ass. So I look over to the commander, commander looked over to him with glares in his eyes went. answer the damn question, chicken! The young soldier just stand up, yes sir, my name is Zhang Xiaoping, I'm 21 years old, from Shadow Province. I don't have a girlfriend, yes sir!
2: <laughs> <laughs> now for
0: the first time of the whole show, everyone is truly laughing at him. <laughs> What was that like, you, like?: It's all right. Actually, it's very relaxed, you know, like uh, then I uh, joke about, because in the joke, I tried to dissipate, right as uh, tense and quite unfunny situations, but in reality, it was really good. Yeah, Everyone had a good time. Including comedians, including including the soldiers, including the captain, including the commander. Everyone had a good time and uh, but they never had us back, so <laughs> they never had me back as so, uh, I don't know what went wrong, but it was it was it was it was surreal. It's just they're cool guys. I I would say they're cooler than American soldiers, maybe. <laughs> maybe they're very cool, okay? They're very, very cool. So don't ever get brainwashed by the Western propagandists, okay? And I would just say, "I'm just, just waking Joe, yeah they're very cool, they're very cool, man.